Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Monica Ortega. Before we get to Monica, I do have a couple announcements to make. First, our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there and check out some photos of our guests. You can see stories that some of the guests have written. You can see links to their social media. You can see stories that I've written and links to our social media. And our social media is Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page. There are links to Apple Podcast and Stitcher Radio, where you can subscribe for free. And we're also on Spotify as well. So if you're on any of those formats, please not only subscribe, but give us a good rating. That helps people find the show because it boosts our presence. That's a cool thing to do. If you could do that, I'd appreciate it. You think you'd be a good guest on the show? Do you think someone else you know might be a good guest on the show? Well, then by all means, write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. If you're going somewhere and you want some advice, maybe I've been there. Maybe I can help you out and give you some advice. Or maybe you just want to say some nice things. You can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. My guest today is Monica Ortega. And Monica was recommended to me by our friend Jeanette Seha. And I was really uh, honored to meet her. Monica is a travel influencer. I hate that word, but uh, it's true in her case. Monica is someone who came out to Hollywood, like all of us, with big dreams, and she decided that she was going to create her own show, which is what you got to do nowadays. The tools are there. The internet is there to broadcast it, so why not make your own show? And she created Monica Goes. So if you go to monicagoes.com, that is home base for her, so you can see her videos. There are links to her YouTube and Instagram and everything else, and it's all high-quality, good work, and she's great on camera. Like a lot of people, she didn't know what she was doing when she started out and learned along the way. So she has great tips for uh, people who are maybe wanting to do what she does or starting their own blog and whatever the business is. She has great business advice. We got to talk a little about her home state of Michigan. We talk about some of the adventures that she's had on the road, not only as a traveler, but as a travel professional. So I was glad I got to meet her and I enjoyed our conversation and I think you will too. So here's my conversation with the lovely and charming... Monica Ortega. Monica Ortega. Yes. Let me see. From Michigan. We yep. know that much. Yep. Because I read your bio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you talked about being from Michigan or something. Yeah. Or did you shoot some yeah, stuff there? You shot some videos. Uh, that too. Yeah. I've been back and actually filmed for my hometown, which is what, pretty cool. What part of Michigan? Uh, Lansing. Lansing. Yeah. I know it well. Do you? Well, I'm from Chicago. So I used <laughs> oh. to play I used to play Michigan all the time. And, okay. I, and my uh, brother-in-law's family is from Muskegon. Yeah. I got relatives in Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo. Okay. I went to Western in Kalamazoo. Ah, my brother-in-law went to uh, Western. There we go. That would be the... Mustangs? No. Broncos. Broncos. Close. Oh, that was right. very good. It's a the, horse. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I went to Northern Illinois, so we were in the same conference. Oh, okay. So we used to play you guys all the time. Oh, yeah. And I used to love your, um, in Lansing, the minor league baseball team were the Lugnuts. Yeah. That's what I remember. Lansing Just because I love the name, the Lansing Lugnuts. It's a terrible name. <laughs> Isn't it? It's, it's so bad. Minor league baseball teams have always, always have oh, the weirdest God. names. Yeah. When did you come out here? Uh, I moved out here, oh my gosh, 2007? Oh. No, 2010. I moved to Nashville in 2007. I was there three years. Moved here 2010. Three years in Nashville. Was that yes. for your uh, country music career? It Is was, it? yeah. <laughs> was it really? Were yeah. you singing? Yeah, I actually used to sing and write music. I and, was joking, but yeah, that's I know. true. <laughs> yeah. That's true? Yeah, it is true, yeah. Nashville yeah. is a fun town. Nashville I, is. I've yeah. been there. I shot something there. for. I would go back there for... Uh, every week for like nine weeks oh wow and okay. so i'd have a couple of days there and, yeah. and i did the zanies down there in nashville yeah but uh it's a fun little town yeah it's growing it's, it's huge now oh it's so, massive right yeah. yeah it's probably you go back now you probably don't even recognize it oh yeah no it was much smaller <laughs> when i lived there i was like three years is good <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about this singing career we'll get to the travel after this but now yeah, yeah. you piqued my interest <laughs> Um, yeah, so I studied musical theater in school and a lot loved, of jazz hands, a lot of, uh, a lot of jazz. Okay. Hands. And then worked at a ranch outside of Muskegon as one does brought sure. me into the country world and wanted to sing and write country music. And yeah, when I, you're in luck, I have a guitar on the wall. Oh no, I haven't that actually I, played it in years. Okay. It's, I'm the worst part. There's a reason I didn't follow that career path. I can't um, play it at all, so... I can show you about three chords. That's all you need for rock and roll, baby. That's all you need for country. Yeah, isn't that three great? chords and yep, the truth. Three chords and the truth. <laughs> I took that very literally. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you, so you've gone to the hardest cities to start yeah. your entertainment in. You've gone to Nashville, which... Yeah. Well, I think the saying they told me there was like, every bartender and waiter there has a, uh, a CD. Yep. And out here, they have a headshot. Yep, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Okay, so you you studied singing and you you did it all through school. Yep. And did you go alone to Nashville? I did. <laughs> it's actually That's a crazy pretty ballsy. Story. Well, so I talked about it for years, and I was long story short, I was dating a guy that lived in England, and when we oh. decided to break up, he booked his flight back to England from Nashville and said, "So you're either driving nine hours to take me to the airport, or you're moving to Nashville at the end of the summer to pursue your career." So. I Sounds had, like an ultimatum to me. <laughs> well, I, it was a great choice because we'd already decided to break up. So he was basically saying, I'm going to push you to the career. And I'm glad he did. And it was great. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you were breaking up and you still listened to his advice. Yeah. We had we had like a <laughs> expiration date. Like we were okay. spending the summer together and it was like at the end of the summer, that was going to be it. So well, nine know. hours in the car together should fix it. Right. No matter whatever. Or <laughs> International travel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of. So you show up in Nashville. Yep. Didn't know anyone. Didn't know anyone. No. And what do you do for work? Ended up working at the Wild Horse Saloon. Um, my boss from the ranch came and told the bartender she's a host. She does line dancing, all this stuff. And so they threw me on the spot. I don't dance at all. I'm a terrible dancer. But yeah, but line dancing is, you know, you, yeah, you follow the You can the pretty much line dance. Yeah. I joke that my upper half is white and my bottom half is Mexican. So I was fine. <laughs> I, could, I could line dance. There's a lot of jokes I can make there. And I am <laughs> right. I'm letting them all go for taste. Um, all right, go on. <laughs> So, yeah, I started hosting there and 
teaching line dance because I could make fun of myself and pull out people that had never danced and it became a really fun thing. Um, and that kind of got me into the hosting world and I still teach line dance and host country festivals to this day. Here? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where? Uh, every year I host at Stagecoach and I teach line dance and then I work for a girl named Tina Michelle. Um, we do country nights around LA. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That's cool. Weird. Fun fact. (laughs) So, okay. So three years in Nashville. Yep. Did you get any kind of uh, buzz? Did you start playing the coffee shops? Did you, I the Bluebird is it the Bluebird? I What's love the, the Bluebird. Okay, I got that yeah. right. I realized very quickly I didn't want to be a singer or that I didn't want to pursue that as a career. I don't know, like for some reason the industry side of it, I was like, I'm I'm good. The music world is yeah. as bad as our business is. Theirs is worse. Yes, it's and I so didn't hard. like playing my own originals. It just made me really uncomfortable. So I was like, you know what? I'd rather sing in cover bands and make this like a fun thing that I do. Um, so yeah, pretty quickly, and I realized I didn't want to be a singer. <laughs> All right. So, and did you just say, okay, L.A., that's it. That's the next one? No. Going back is, to Michigan oh, was never man. a thought? No, no, no. Okay. This was crazy, too. So I actually loved Nashville. I didn't really plan on leaving. Um, I was doing acting work there, um, music videos, things like that, and came out to L.A., was like, eh, I don't know, not my scene. Went back to Nashville. I was at the wild horse working in the bathroom I get talking to a guest who's from LA and we get chatting about acting and stuff she's like oh I'm an agent gives me her card and I'm like you are the agent I've been emailing my stuff to wow so she fell in love with Nashville that was her first trip she said if you wanted to move to LA would you sublease your place to me and so she was she wasn't going to represent you in LA she was leaving LA well that she got me in with the agency she said I'll get you a meeting with the agency and then I would want to sublease your place if you move, but I'm moving there in two months. And I was like, well, I guess I'm moving to LA in two months. So she literally moved into my apartment, met her husband in Nashville. She's back and she's now one of my agents still. That's amazing. <laughs> right? Wow. Like when that happens, you kind of have to go. Like and I didn't really fate. plan on it, but. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, were you, was straight acting your, your main focus? Was that, when did the hosting and the travel stuff come in? Yeah. So. I was pursuing acting. It was okay. You know, I found myself still at the end of the day going, I wonder, wonder if we're going to wrap in time for dinner. Like I just never was fully there. And then, um, read a book called you are a badass. And it was like, when are you your happiest? And I realized it was when I was hosting at these country festivals and on stage in front of people. And I thought maybe there's something to this. So I took a hosting class and her whole thing was create your dream show just to get like some auditions and get yourself on tape and I fell in love with my dream show. <laughs> so four years later, Monica goes. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, so when were you always a traveler? Was it was your family really into it growing up? Um, we did road trips, and we were sort of outdoorsy. But in Michigan, it's not like we're climbing mountains or anything. Did you have um, a cabin like everybody else in Michigan? They got one after I graduated high school. Of course like, they did. Man, yeah, that would have been so cool. <laughs> exactly. Ugh. They didn't um, want you having parties up there. I That's know. It. They also built a bar and a movie theater in our house. And I was like, I would have been the coolest kid in school. No kidding. Um, they couldn't wait for you to leave. Right. That's what it sounds like. God, we're going to turn that room into a bar. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> um, no, the thing that got me into travel was dating the guy that lived in England. I'd never, it had never really crossed my radar. And then um, for four years, we went back and forth. And so obviously when you're in Europe, you can get anywhere cheap so every time i'd go visit him it'd be like hey let's take off to sardinia for the weekend or head up to scotland and so that kind of got me into it but then i got away from it while i pursued all the career stuff 
And it was creating the dream show of getting back out and hiking that kind of brought it full circle and I get to do it again. How does the Michigan girl meet a guy from England? At the resort. It was like a summer job and they brought in like international people too. And yeah, didn't really plan on lasting past the summer, but then we were like, (laughs) "Eh, we're having a good time. Let's see where this goes. (laughs) And that man was Liam Gallagher. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Surprise. Uh, The, um, so was that your first trip out of the country, going to London? Yes. Yeah. In fact, I lived there for six months after I graduated school, and my Ooh. parents had to get passports for the first time to come visit <sighs> me. So That's amazing. Yeah. Was it, uh, well, that's a nice introductory place because exactly. I mean, there's no language barrier. It's not a big yeah. cultural you know, shock. Yep. So what part of London? I didn't live in London. I lived in a place called Loughborough which Ooh. is right in the middle of the country. It was a college town, and I hid in his dorm room. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, this is good. Yeah, it wasn't quite the like living in another country experience I would probably right. ideally yeah, pick, we know but... we, we noticed you have a stowaway in your... In your... <laughs> they have cleaning ladies <laughs> in colleges in England, and so I had to hide from the cleaning lady every oh, I day. Thought, I thought you were going to say you disguised yourself as one. Oh, you know, oh a little outfit. better. Yeah, just walk around oh. with a broom. <laughs> Carol Burnett style, just push a broom <laughs> everywhere. Um, so your first impressions of being out of the country, do you remember how big it hit you? Um, well, it, it was a nice experience because it was with him. So, yeah. it, you know, I got to hang out with the locals. In fact, I didn't do as much exploring as I probably would have liked because, again, he was in college. So it was just hanging out with him and his buddies. Yeah, and, I know. And everybody has a ton of money to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So there wasn't rolling in it, these college students. There wasn't a lot of like cultural experience, but the six months that I lived there, we did a three week backpacking trip. And that was like my first real In Europe. In Europe, yeah. So we did Austria, Italy, Slovenia, and Greece. And stayed in hostels and tents and it was the full Full experience. Yeah, did the URL pass? Did you do that? Of course. We got like the student Euro pass. That was my first time out of the country after college. Yeah, I I got the six week backpacking around. It's such a great way to do it. Yes. Yeah. But it, I just, you know, my eyes were just kind of blown open. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I had never been out of the country till then either. Okay. And it just like, oh, there's a whole world. Yeah. People live a different way. Yeah. But kind of the same. You know, it was just kind of, it was just that aha moment that kind of changed my view and yeah. life, really, because I never stopped traveling after that. That's awesome. Did that inspire you to like, I want to see more. I want to I see it all. Uh, or I want to go to Nashville and teach line dancing. Yeah, I think I was so career focused <laughs> at that point. Really? Yeah. I mean, I loved the experience, but I think like once I got to Nashville, it was like, all right, let's do the career thing. And and I'm so glad that it's come back into my life, the traveling and the outdoors and things like that, because now I realize I can't do without that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say the second time around that I got introduced to travel was when I really fell in love with it. So Monica goes. So you decide this, that you're going to make the show that you wanted to do. And was it always about, I mean, I'm sure you have you taken it out to networks and trying to sell it and say, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's taken a weird turn in a lot of different ways. So I had a network that was interested, um, well, a production company that was interested as being part of like the lit and entertainment Saturdays and Sundays educational programming. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was kind of on the table, but it's nonprofit. So it was about finding sponsors, um, and that, that was a different experience learning the industry side of everything. Yeah. But I also kind of realized I love doing it online because I have the freedom to work with the people I want to work with, to go where I want a lot of the times, um, to put the messages out there that I want and I can get personal about my life and things in a way that I just couldn't if I was on a network. So 
I still go back and forth. I mean, if they called me up and gave me the show, I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so give me uh, your biggest learning experience trying to shoot this overseas. What's oh one gosh. of the biggest nightmares you... Oh, my gosh. Looking There's- back. There's so many. I, I mean, <laughs> because I didn't come from a filming background and I didn't oh. know how to edit. I didn't know any. All I knew was hosting. Um, so a lot of them right off the bat, I'm awkward on camera. The editing's terrible. The music's terrible. And it was just me filming it myself. So it was getting creative because I didn't want to make a selfie style vlog. So, you know, getting used to tripods. And I think the hardest thing was probably talking on camera when people were around. Because it's it's so awkward when oh, you're by yourself, people are walking around like, and looking at you, shouting at a camera, "Hey, everybody!" And like, people I'm still are, not used to it. I'm still not either. I've gotten better, but I was very quiet and awkward, and you could tell in my first few videos. Now yeah. you can't tell that inside I'm dying a little bit. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I know, but I see people. I I still that and the uh, the selfie stick. Yeah. I still uh, I'm not comfortable with. I'm I know not it, I know it, when you shoot alone, it helps a lot. But I oh yeah. Yeah, I made a really, I had a strong decision that I didn't want to be a vlogger. I didn't want to make a show that was about me traveling, even though it is in a way, but I wanted it to be about the destinations. I grew up watching Travel Channel, and I wanted it to be more education focused and set up in a host way instead of a vlog selfie style way, which has been a learning curve as well, because I've also realized that people connect to the personal side. So it's kind of weaving that in as well. So how's the response been? so far um it's been good it's interesting because i think i've done it a different way than a lot of people like a lot of influencers and youtubers they work with brands but to me the destinations have actually latched on so i've worked with a lot of tourism boards which has been cool because i get to keep the educational side um but then i've also created some very personal videos about things i've gone through in my life and that reached a whole different audience so i get a bit of both some people saying we want more of that and other people saying we want more of the destinations so it's still playing around and figuring out where where it's going to go so has it become less about trying to sell it to a network or we're going to focus more on i'm going to create my own thing here yeah yeah i've really enjoyed creating my own i've enjoyed working with the destinations i've worked with like over 20 tourism boards now. And so that's kind of a thing. I may be like speaking to a conference of tourism boards. And so that's, yeah, it's kind of a weird new little venture that I'm enjoying. Well, it's funny. I've, you know, I'm older than you and I've been doing this a long time and I've seen the business change and just how less important the networks are. We're still in that, we're still in that old kind of thinking that, oh, the ideal is to just sell this to a TV show when really, I mean, they're kind of the middlemen now. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. you could just do it yourself and exactly. go to the sponsors. Um, and they're just, and they don't take their cut. And I get creative control, which yes. at first I was like, all I want to do is give now somebody it's a lot else. More work yeah. It's for a the lot prospect of, work. of maybe no money, but other than that, <laughs> yeah. that is true. But there are advantages and yeah. your freedom is, your, have you limited how much you want to do per year? Or say like, how many trips you're going to take? Because that can wear you out too. I keep saying that I'm limiting it and I booked like three more trips today. So <laughs> the goal was to only do a trip every few months and yet somehow I've booked something every month this year. <laughs> so <laughs> still working on that. Um, but yeah, ideally I would like to have my trip set up more ahead of time, more of a structure to it. So that's, that's something personally I'm working on is getting it more organized. Is there... Um Is there a framework where you say, okay, each video should be a certain amount of time 
um, can't be over a certain amount because I never know how long to make them. I know you. Yeah. I always go too long because I'm still in like TV thought. Yeah, yeah. And people are like, no, just get that, get it down to little chunks and because Instagram's only like a, a minute, right? A video. Yeah. And then on your site, how long are the videos usually? Some are like four minutes, right? Yeah, I try to keep it. I feel like most now are between like seven and ten minutes. And it just really depends on if it's one thing that I'm doing. Like I played with the idea of just doing mountain biking in Tempe as its own thing instead of a Tempe, Arizona episode. So one would be like four minutes as opposed to one being maybe 10 to 12 minutes. Or one Um, is activities and the other's food. Yeah. So I still go back and forth playing with that. But I would say most are around seven, eight minutes. Okay. So. Boy, that's a, and you bring a crew now? If I can. So my <laughs> friend Kristen became my producer after coming on one trip and just like falling in love with it. And now she learns everything about behind the scenes camera work, but she moved to Chicago. Oh. So <laughs> Well, if you're flying, I mean, you just have to fly her from a different place. Yeah. So when I can afford to bring her on, I absolutely do because it just, it saves me so much. And she loves the editing and the filming and it's, it makes everything easier. Has most of your stuff been domestic or any yeah. international? Uh, most of it's been domestic. But I have done, uh, we did Costa Rica, I've done Ireland, Iceland, and then I went to Jamaica, but I didn't film there. Oh, this was just because they stole your camera? or No, a friend of mine won a trip <laughs> no. on Ellen. What? Yeah, it was like a full-on trip. Just being in the crowd, they're giving away a trip? Or yeah. Or she won a contest? It was, the, it was the 12 days of Christmas, and he brought me along with like four of our friends. And oh, that's cool. It was amazing, and I thought about filming, and I actually did film some stuff, and I just never edited it, because I was like... You know what? This was just a great trip for me. You know, you can enjoy yourself on a vacation for once. Yeah, I very rarely... You don't have to do homework every time. It's it's hard for me to put the camera down. That's (laughs) one of the hardest things. Do your friends ever go, hey, could you not put this on Um, online? I'm all... Us getting drunk somewhere? Yeah. (laughs) I have to be careful about (laughs) that just because I've kind of created the educational thing. So Uh I've definitely filmed some stuff that later I'm like, "Mm, probably shouldn't use that. Yeah, maybe we'll take that down. Um, But no, I'm really wary about asking people if they want to be on camera and stuff just because... I never want to put somebody in that position that's not okay. With Are it. you really official on your videos? Do you have people sign releases? And I get them to you... say that they're okay with it on camera. Okay. So we just film them giving us the yes, and then we're good. Okay, that's cool. But you don't pay people for, no. to be on camera no. like that. Okay. I don't pay myself to be on camera. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I hope you give your friend in Chicago a little something. Uh, we, try. we try. We try. Yeah, trip. it's that's a lot nice. of free trips. <laughs> I see. If she's okay with it, that's good. Yeah, she is. That's a good friend to have. Exactly. In your case. Yeah. There's no one out here that I mean, everybody we know is in production. You couldn't drag I one. No. See, this you is drag me there, and I'll, I'll shoot it. <laughs> this is the problem with like I've had I have a hard a tripod, time you know. letting the reins go creatively uh, okay. to let people do it. Um, so now that she knows my structure, she's kind of like invaluable to me. <laughs> But I am starting to branch out because I, I know I have some trips coming up that she won't be able to do. So I'm like, hmm, who else can I tap into? So Right. What do you think, looking back, was your hardest trip to shoot? Oh, my gosh. There's so many. <laughs> it's more what I've missed getting on camera. Oh, okay. Um, so when I started my very first episode, I ended up in a canyon at dusk with mountain lions and didn't get any of it on camera because I was crying. (laughs) Oh, no. And that would have been gold. Like now I would... For your personal blog, that's great. Yeah, now I would be crying and turning the camera on at least (laughs) or um, climbing, you know, doing Angel's Landing in Zion. I was so afraid and didn't want to let go of the chain or anything. So I didn't film any of that. So it's just like the before and after. So a lot of those mistakes that I made at the beginning... Where now I'm like, well, 
if I go down, it's going to be on camera. <laughs> Where were the mountain lions? They were in a cave above in Zion? me. No, no, no. This was Malibu. What? Yeah, it was crazy. I was hiking alone. It was like a 14-mile hike, very first episode, and the sun was going down. So I went to take a shortcut through the canyon out to the PCH. And as soon as I got down there, there were paw prints everywhere, caves everywhere. I felt like there was something behind me, which still kind of creeps me out. Um, and then I saw two up in a cave that I had to walk past. I thought so they were really rare around here. They they are very rare. And I had actually read on this hike that they'd seen them before. So as soon as I got in there, I was like, oh, this was a bad move. <laughs> this is a really bad move. Um, and seeing two is really rare. So people... Yeah. The only thing I can think years, is that maybe they were like babies oh and the mom let them behind i don't know i don't know but well i mean i never hear people getting attacked by mountain lions around here so yeah you would have been like really famous yeah if that happened <laughs> they wanted nothing not to do that with i want to see that happen but, but still I that mean, would have been yeah i think they're more afraid of us right yeah I they mean, didn't even move they were looking at me like i was crazy because i was banging my hiking stick singing at the top of my lungs just crying my eyes out <laughs> they're all like, not on camera all, all not on camera all off camera why would you shoot uh, that i know <laughs> What is, uh, have you ever had like a, a bad uh, camera malfunction or something go wrong or you lost sound? Um, Everybody has a story of like, oh, we had the greatest interview and then it didn't come out or the no, video got screwed up. No, nothing. <laughs> it's, more just missing, it's more just missing the moments. Yeah. Just not even having the camera on to look back on. That's like the worst is missing those things, but... Uh, I mean, I've had action cameras that didn't work, but usually I have more than one of those. So. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your equipment. How much stuff are you taking? You got your, probably your main camera and then a couple GoPros maybe? Yeah, so I have a little point and shoot. I used my iPhone for the first two years. Um, hey, you know, it's fine. It worked. And then I have a mirrorless camera and then she's got the big DSLR and now we've got little external mics for interviews and things. And then I have a Sony action camera and a GoPro and a drone. Oh, so okay. it's all pretty little stuff, which is great because we do mostly outdoors. But yeah, what's the when did you get the drone? Oh, when did I get that? Maybe a few months ago, about six months ago, maybe. I never used one. I never shot with one. I've almost killed it about five times yet. <laughs> I was so. going to say, <laughs> yeah. how much of a how long does it take to learn how to? I'm do still it? working on it very much. Uh, the first time I used it, I was on a glacier in Colorado. And there was, it didn't feel like wind, but I forget that I was at like 12,000 feet. And as soon as it went up, it like started taking off. And I was like, and it's gone. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but it did come back. Um, you got to put your name on it, right? You, yeah. You're supposed to put your name on it. And if well, found, I think if it was and... gone up there, it probably would just oh, no, be gone. Yeah. <laughs> but are there rules with like uh, the airlines? They, they say you can't. I'm learning that. So it's pretty restricted a lot of places. Yeah. And they're getting more and more strict. So technically, it doesn't go past where it's supposed to like i was shooting at the poppy reserve well not at the poppy reserve because you can't um up in lancaster oh and it would literally just stop in the air and say you've hit the line where you can't so it wouldn't even go into that airspace but and that's for recreational use now it becomes very iffy when you do it for a tourism board or they pay for the footage that's where i've found out the hard way that they can't use it (laughs) <laughs> that was a horrible camera experience, it. actually, because I went to this waterfall that nobody had ever seen. Like, it's brand new to the state of New York. It was so beautiful. And they were like, we're not comfortable using this because we didn't get it approved to the FAA. Oh. You're not a pilot. You know, so when I went to Tempe, we actually hired a drone pilot who's registered. They closed the entire park to film it. So oh. 
there's rules in every state and it's trying to figure those out that's interesting too well how does their how do they discover a new waterfall in new york it was how, in this guy's backyard for years and he's, nobody knew he had a how did somebody have a waterfall in their backyard i mean i think people knew it was there but it was privately owned and so when so this guy's a lot of land apparently yeah and then he sold it to the state and they let the state take it so now it's a New York's newest state park and it's amazing and it's a two-tier waterfall so you can't even like see the top oh, yet wow. they're going to build stairs up to it but for the for right now you can only see the bottom what but, is it near how far is it up, um upstate? it is in Madison County which is kind of in the center okay um but yeah like upstate center New York and it's oh my gosh it's beautiful up there I spent like two weeks filming around there and that was one I was like going to do one episode for Madison County. Ended up being two, and they're both like 12 minutes long. But yeah, just a really pretty area. Oh, wait a minute. A Madison County? Yeah. Not Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, it's not. That the bridge is <laughs> us, Madison us County? Midwest people. Yeah, wrong Madison. <laughs> the, um, so have, have you approached the town of Lansing to maybe shoot a little something? I yeah, I've actually worked with them a few times now, okay. um, which is great. They're actually the one that recommended me for the conference, speaking about tours and boards, because they've brought me back now um, to film again. And they said, "Here's what we want, you know, film these things and then cut them up into separate videos for us." So they've purchased my footage, and then they have me recut, you know, the museum or Michigan State campus. So it's been really fun working with them, actually. And oh, yeah, cool. it's been a good experience. Uh, how often do you get back? maybe twice a year. Usually it's just for family. Yeah. Um, so when I got to film there, it was like a win-win. <laughs> I shot a uh, pilot up in uh, Traverse City. Oh, I filmed for them too. For the wine. We did, we shot a wine pilot. Okay. Up there. And so we shot it. It was all about how there's regions around the country. You never knew who had a wine yeah. region. And we shot it up in Traverse City. That's a beautiful area. It was beautiful up there. And yeah. Was it Charlevoix? Mm-hmm. It? Oh, it's really nice. Yeah. The cherry. No, is it cherries? Yep. Cherry Capital, the Cherry, cherry Festival. Cherry Capital of the World. Yeah, the Cherry Festival was going to happen in like in a month. Yeah. We were there. Yeah, it was really cool. I think they were playing, was Madonna from there? Madonna did something up there. She, I thought she was from, She's the from Detroit, Detroit area. She's from Detroit yeah. area, but yeah, or Michael Moore was showing a film up there. All He's the Michigan, done stuff up there. All yeah. the Michigan people, you know, the Michigan celebs. And now I include you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Lansing's finest. <laughs> So where's your dream destinations if you're going to shoot anywhere or just travel anywhere? Where's your own personal? I hate the term bucket list, but I'm going to use it. Yeah, for sure. So my number one, which is crazy because it's so close, is Alaska. You've never been? I've never been. I have a thing for snowy mountains and Banff National Park is another one. And I'm actually going there this summer. Oh, when? Um, I'm going to be there in October. Okay. Probably August. I'm working with another influencer, so it kind of depends on his schedule uh, when he's available, but... Oh. Yeah, very excited about that. So, but Alaska's always been my number one. I Alaska's think. beautiful. Oh. Um, if I book any more cruises, I, I've worked there for the cruise lines for the last three okay. years, so I know Alaska a bit. Yeah, Patagonia is growing on my list too. The more I oh, see pictures of that, gorgeous, it's those beautiful. snowy mountains. It's beautiful. <laughs> I think I don't know. Maybe it's us being from the Midwest. I love mountains. I do too. I just I can't get enough of them. You know, when I grew yeah. up in a place like flat as a plan- pancake, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in Illinois and just like oceans and mountains, I can't stop. Yep. Okay. And I'm a sucker for a good view. Yeah. Over anything. Like today, or like since I moved out here in the last year, I'll go down just to the beach just to watch the sunset. It's just because I can. And there's a whole group of us. We go down there, we'll meet. That's you know, awesome. Just kind of casual, little neighbors. And now I'm starting to know them. Yeah. And so you're going to go watch the ball drop today? I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll watch the ball drop. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, I know. I love the Midwest people, but I don't think I could ever move back. Like when, <laughs> now that I know mountains, I can't do without them. Right. So, so outside of U.S., where would you like to go? I mean, oh, Patagonia, Patagonia, the big snowy mountains. Yep. Um, everywhere. I feel like I've not done a whole lot of international travel, so I really, really, really want to get more into that. And it's all new to me. I think, especially because I did a lot of Europe, I want to go some places that are really culturally different. I right. really want that culture shock. <laughs> get over to Asia, Africa. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So everything. You, any languages? You good with any other languages? No. I know a little bit of Spanish, but I'm not great at it, which is sad because my family speaks it. And I. And they didn't teach you? Well, they my didn't mom make doesn't. Learn? My mom doesn't speak it. My dad does. So <sighs> we never spoke it in the house. And... Yeah. You so go to them now. It's like, that's the one thing I need. Thanks, I know. Dad. You, you they tried a little when bit I when I was younger, but I just, you didn't know, take. I, I didn't care. And I was in Michigan, so I didn't have friends that spoke Spanish. Right. And, but yeah, in hindsight, that would, oh, I wish I did. So it's like that and typing are the two things I wish I would have paid more attention to in school. Well, typing I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I and I was, a, I was a newspaper writer. You know, <laughs> oh, and I no. came, I still hunt and peck. I can do it fast. Yeah. But I didn't know we'd all be sitting at computers for the, Right, rest of our lives. I was it's just crazy. like, ah, when are we going to need this? I know. When are we going to be a secretary? Ah. <laughs> and like, I'm still cut to me 30 years later hunting and pecking. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, but yeah, Spanish, I took two years and I can get by a little bit, but I, I want to be conversational. Every year I say to myself, I'm yeah. Gonna, oh. But I at least I'm like not, my name is an Ortega and they I don't know. come up to me speaking Spanish all the time. One of the worst was I got a call and they said, we're looking for an NFL sideline reporter, ah. but you need to speak Spanish. It's for the Spanish network. And I was like, I will learn. I promise I will learn. <laughs> Por qué? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Oh, do you, does that happen here? Like in walking around LA, you walk into a place? Oh yeah. All the time? All the time in LA. Um, and especially as an actress, I mean, the amount of... Oh, they want to send you out for all this stuff. Because I do commercial acting. Yeah. And it's a lot of Spanish speaking. So they voice over me sometimes on the Spanish network. Oh, really? <laughs> which is great, but it's rare because usually they'll just cast somebody that speaks Spanish. So. I want to see my, my voice dubbed in something else. Yeah. Like, I've acted in stuff, but I just want to see somebody else do my voice. Right. That would be kind of cool. Um, so your worst flight experience. You have a bad one? Any bad stories? I haven't taken a whole lot of long flights. I, first of all, I'm afraid of everything. I realize that doing the show, that's also kind Still? of. Still? Yes, 100%. Um, so, uh, heights, we know you're on a. Heights is awful. Like, I don't think that will ever get better, but I refuse to let these things stop me. With flying, I've gotten way better. I used to. Oh, you're a bad flyer? Yeah. I mean, nobody would know. I just kind of sit there and grip the heck out of my chair and you know if there's turbulence or something I have a really hard time but um yeah there hasn't been a whole lot of really bad flights and I fly with my dog a lot now so she's my she's my you have a support animal I do but she actually is a support animal and so she helps me on the flight <laughs> she gets gripped very she? tightly she's uh, small she's like 12 pounds okay because people are starting to bring way too big no 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 I would never do that no for sure okay so do you take anything? Any kind of like... Uh, Wine? Does that work? <laughs> no, actually, I don't really drink on a flight. I, I have before, but it just makes me feel weird. So. But none of the like... No, no, no. I don't, okay. I don't take anything for it. It's How? really not that bad unless it's like a really awful bumpy flight. Right. And then I just kind of grip the chair and get through it. <laughs> How are you eating wise around as you... 
Oh, I can eat anything. Anything. Okay. Have <laughs> you I, on camera? I have. Actually, oh, so I probably shouldn't tell this story, but the one negative comment I ever got on an episode was they could tell that I hated the food I was eating. And they were like, you're going to offend people in that culture. And I was like, but I... I can't hide my face. Like, I just genuinely didn't like it. So if it. I go, we all do our research, we go to your site, we're going to see that moment? Maybe, yeah. Can you I tell mean, us, I, what is it? What was, where was it? Oh, I'm going to offend some, uh, So it was frog legs. And I've been oh. told that they were just not done right because they were very those, yeah. chewy and slimy the way I had them. Oh, no, that's not. You had them the wrong place. Yeah, and it was in New Orleans. and Oh, yeah. So I wasn't trying to offend anybody, but I just was not a fan. But I will when try. When in doubt, get it fried. Yeah. Get anything fried and then you can eat it. So I tell everybody that I'll try everything twice except yeah. for haggis. Oh, no. Yeah. No, <laughs> I have no, tried haggis. Wow, that's like a dare. That's you don't the have only to do food that. I don't think I would ever try again. Ugh, yeah. You had it, though. I did. Yeah. It was like a delicacy in Scotland. In Scotland yeah. yeah. We were there for Easter and it was like a whole big presentation. And This boyfriend. Oh, Liam. Oh, Liam. <laughs> I wish his name was Liam. Why'd you that make me take so the cool. haggis? My, my family used to call him Nigel because they felt like that was a good that was, British name. That's right. Nigel, Clive, <laughs> all those things. Simon, all those uh, names we never hear here. Here, 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 here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stand by it. Uh, okay. So you're okay with eating? No, no uh, food poisonings anywhere? No. Any doctor no. visits overseas ever, ever do have a, uh, ever hurt yourself? No. Other than getting chased by mountain lions? I've hurt myself, not overseas. So actually, when I was in Florida, I was this last summer, um, I had a double ear infection. I didn't know. I was I knew I was very, very sick, but I was teaching line dance. So I was spinning in 100 degree heat with a double ear infection and ended up in the hospital. But it was on the Daytona 500 racetrack. So they have their own hospital on the track. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like actually a really cool experience. I was like, I get to be, like, <laughs> nobody gets to, to see this. And like, you don't have to fill out any paperwork. Like everything within the racetrack is covered. So it was like a really weird... <laughs> Yeah. Well, you were teaching line dancing in the infield of the yeah they, they have while the race is going on. No, no, no. They have a festival called Country Five Hundred. Oh, and it's okay. On the on the racetrack, it's really fun. I've done it for three years now, but this last one, I was. I had no idea this was a traveling gig that you could teach line dancing. Yeah. Also, one of the things I did when I first started the show was I would find other festivals that they did and ask just to be a brand ambassador, which is like minimum wage. But I did that so that I could travel and film my show. So like New Orleans, I went and just worked, you know, nine hours a day at this music festival, handing out wristbands or something silly to cover the cost of the trip so that I could stay an extra two, three days to film. So oh, it, was a, it was a cool way to do it. Yeah, that's 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 pretty smart. Yeah. Oh, so but that was only you've only been doing this four years, though, right? The, yeah. Of shooting and stuff. Wow. Well, I've been hosting and teaching line dance for this will be my fifth year of that. But they only call me for the country festivals, obviously. So I started hitting them up yeah. for all the other festivals that they do. Did you Just, go to Jazz Fest down there? I didn't. No, I went to, um, not Nocturnal. That's out here. What was it? Um, oh, my gosh. I'm drawing a blank. It's their big Halloween one that they do. Oh, Mardi Gras. No. Oh, no. They had Ozzy Osbourne, too. Oh, this is going to drive me nuts. In New Orleans. In New Orleans. It's every year at Halloween time. Voodoo Fest. Voodoo Fest. Okay. I think. That sounds right. Sounds very New Orleans. <laughs> Voodoo, I'm <laughs> going to go with that it. That feels accurate. I'm yeah, going to stick with it. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> uh, okay, so how many different line dances are there? I had no idea. that. Oh, my goodness. There's like You got your boot scootin' boogie. You got your achy breaky. Uh, you got, uh, I'm running out. I think here. last I counted, I knew around 40 or 50, but like every new song that comes out, there's a new dance. Oh, yeah. And then 
they vary by state and sometimes by country bar. <laughs> so I'll be teaching one and they're like, that's wrong. And I'm like, this is how we did it in Tennessee. Yeah, that's not the Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, I know three different Cotton Eye Joes. Yeah. So. Well, there's that stupid, like, fast version with that's like a, I don't know, yeah. sped up kind of. There's a partner new. version. There's then a, there's the old school one. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> that's so weird. It's a weird Not culture. weird, but then yeah, you could. Yeah, that's great that you can uh, use that for traveling and stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, so you don't fly well. We got that. <laughs> oh, uh, we know you like to hike. Yes. I think I saw one where you were uh, whitewater rafting, maybe? Oh, yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. I've done that before. That's fun. It's really fun. So that was actually one of the hardest episodes for me to do. Because So I met the rafting guide at the LA Travel Show three years ago. He said, basically, we need the good press. It's called the Killer Kern. We've had all these accidents. We want you to come film. I canceled the trip three times because every time a new story came out of somebody losing their life, I called him up and I was like, nope, not doing it. Well, the Kern River is known for being one of the hardest, right? Yeah. It's it's like a class, what is it, five? Well, Six? the, the touristy area is threes and sometimes fours, depending on the time of the year. Um but I was terrified, obviously. So I canceled the trip three times. He finally sat me down and said, look, I'm a fireman EMT. I'll take another fireman EMT. We'll take a boat full of guides. Like, you're going to be so protected. And I loved it, had a blast. And then at the end of the day, he was like, I just want to show you some fours and fives. We're not going to do it. I just want to show you. So we're driving into the mountains. Like, we are no longer in the touristy area. All the guides just got off work. So they're, like, ready to go. They're 19 years old. He's like, all right, get on the river. That whole episode, I'm crying, I'm screaming. Like they were all laughing so hard because I screamed my head off the entire way down the river. But I loved it. So actually, this year I'm going back and doing a two day excursion with them, which should be very interesting. So they tricked you. They tricked me. Ah, uh, they said they were just going to go look at it and then they made you get in. <laughs> and then, yeah. Oh. The sun was going down. There wasn't a lot of time to think about it. It was like, all right, get in the boat. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> so they still laugh about how much I screamed the entire way down the river. Did you at least turn the camera on this time? Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, it's good. like the most unflattering video, just like hysterically bawling the entire <laughs> way. <laughs> did I uh, see? I did this on the um, Grand Canyon. Oh, I want to do that one. Yeah, so we, we rafted down there, and we had put a GoPro on the rubber okay. raft. Uh, but the mount, though, once you get it on there, uh, okay. it's never coming off. Yeah. So they got to be very cool with it, you putting on a mount. Some of them have mounts that other people have left Yeah. on there. So well, did I you had, use one? Did you? I had my Sony action camera for that, and so I could actually turn it. So we would have it facing out, and then when the water would die, we'd turn it so it would face me. Okay. And then Kristen, my producer, had a GoPro on her helmet as well. So we would switch, switch positions in the boat, so sometimes she'd be in front of me and have the GoPro behind her facing me. So we got a lot of different angles, and then we even had a drone at one point that got some stuff. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. How long does the editing process take you? Oh. That one, well, that one I was just thinking about because I was like, man, that was like seven hours of footage to get into 10 minutes. Um, ideally, it could probably take me three days if I just sat down and got to it. It typically takes me about two weeks to get it all done. Now, the uh, I'm sure you set a budget for each of these. Is that determined by the tourism board? Do they, do they pay for it? Or is it just like, we'll take you on all this stuff and put you up and fly you out? But you handle it. How does that work? It's, you don't have to give me numbers. No, but no, you know no. What it's I mean? all over the place. So one of the 
probably the, in fact, I know the biggest mistake I've ever made with my show is I didn't treat it as a business. So the first three years, it was all out of pocket. Like it was, I'd done some commercials and had this money. And so I was going to put it into the show. So just recently, I've started doing the budget and actually trying to figure that stuff out. Um, So it does vary. Sometimes it's a fam trip and everything's covered. Um, Sometimes the tourism boards pay. A lot of what's worked for me is selling the footage and recutting it, re-editing it for them later, um, selling the photography, things like that. Um, And then sometimes it's just a place I want to go. And then I hit up everything around it to see what I can get comped. <laughs> I would say nine times out of 10, that's what it is. It's like, I want to go here. So then now I'm going to call everyone in that town. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of it's tenacity and, and yeah. staying on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you had to give advice to people, because you know, people listen that want to do what you do, if you could give your you know, self four years ago any advice, you said, you know, treat it as a business. What mm-hmm. else can you tell people who want to do this? I say number one, just go for it because I think it can be really intimidating. There's so much amazing footage out there and people with ridiculous cameras. And I got very fortunate that I had people in my life that just kind of went, I'm going to sit next to you while you edit and make sure you do it. And I don't know that I would have otherwise because it's really intimidating. So it's just a matter of going out, whether it's with your phone or with a camera and doing it. Um, That's probably my number one advice is just keep practicing. Um, And then, yeah, treat it as a business and watch other people's stuff and learn from them. I I didn't want to copy people, so I think I was really hesitant to do that. And then I realized you got to learn from other people and, you you know, learning from the best helps you just get better. What kind of, what do you edit on? Just your laptop or what kind of software? On my laptop. So I do Final Cut. I started with Windows Movie Maker. Sure. (laughs) And then iMovie. And now Final Cut. So, and Kristen, when she edits, she's starting to get into Adobe Premiere as well. So we're kind of covering all the bases. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you see it in like four or five years from now? Where do you see your ideally your plan? What's what do you see aside from selling yourself yeah. to a network and being a, the next Rick Steves? I think. Um, Samantha Brown. That, I'm sorry. That's well, my go-to you know, girl. I was going to say <laughs> that, that was the first name that jumped into my head. No, ideally. I would like to just keep working with more tourism boards, definitely more international travel. That's kind of my long-term goal is to do more of that. But the coolest thing about doing things I'm afraid of is it's pushed me to do more and more stuff each time. And I'm already getting to a place where I'm like, I never would have thought that I could do this or I would be here. So I'm excited to see where that part of it goes and just to be able to do it full time, to be able to hire Kristen and pay her full time (laughs) and, you know, really have good people around me helping me turn it into a business. Are you worried about the acting thing or? No. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like like the singing. I realized I don't necessarily want to be an actor. I enjoy it still. I think it'll always be a part of my life, but I'm definitely not pursuing that. Yeah. The hosting is another story. So I just became a host for AfterBuzz TV. So that could be a whole other side thing that turns into a weird career I don't see coming either. <laughs> well, I'll tell people what that is, After Buzz TV. And- yeah, so After Buzz TV is a network um, started by Maria Menunos and her husband, and they do after shows for all of the TV shows. So we do a podcast and then a live show, um, and I just got brought on as a host there. I just did my orientation. I think I'll be starting next week on a show. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, but then it's a training facility, too, so they work with hosts to teach them about red carpets, and so it's like classes with Real life experience. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, what about personal travel not related any and not related to work? You got any ideas of what you want to see? Oh, or man. anything planned for sure? 
like I said, that's kind of the hardest thing for me is to take a trip and not film. Like one thing I actually started thinking about today and really am very strongly considering it is taking a train ride up the coast to Vancouver on my own. Um, I like to travel solo. I don't get to do it a whole lot. And if I do, I'm filming. So it's not like really enjoying solo travel. Um, so I've thought about doing that train trip and stopping in San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver and just exploring on my own. Um, I like to camp and I've done some solo camping, so I wouldn't mind doing some of that stuff too. Solo camping. I've done it once. I went to Death Valley and it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> it was like a super moon. It was really cool. What time of year was this? Uh, it was October. Okay. So shoulder season, not too hot, not too cold. That's good. Yeah. Do you... Do you want a personal story? <laughs> yeah. How personal sure. do you want me to get? Well, that's um, up to you. I mean, well, I don't mind. Um, so 1017 was like my lucky day growing up, and it ended up being the day I got married. And so on 1017, after my divorce, I wanted to take the day back. And I was like, this is my day. It's been my day my whole life. So I'm going to do something cool. And so I went solo camping in Death Valley. It also helped me be off the grid that day. So I didn't have to deal with calls or anything like that. And it was the best experience. Like, I had the best day. Yeah? What, yeah. So just, you camped one night? I just camped one night because it was my first time doing it. But um, my goal is every year on 1017 to take a solo trip. Awesome. Yeah. I like 1014. Oh. That's my birthday. That's oh, I, happy birthday, October you. 14th. So you it's picked a good a, month. You picked a good week. Yeah. And a good month. Yeah. And also, also I always tell people it's a great month to travel anywhere mm-hmm. because uh, the prices are down. Yep. Uh, usually the weather is nice and comfortable everywhere. Uh, it's the yeah. best month, say, in New York. It's the best. Yep. Oh, that's just male. Oh, I thought it was that's very film. professional. I thought I shut that <laughs> off, but I guess I did not. Um, yeah, March and April and September and October always end up being the months that I end up doing my biggest trips. Mm-hmm. So, so is it scary camping yourself? I mean, oh, no, I thought it would sometimes be. Sometimes women alone, it, it could be a little dicey. I was very fortunate. I had a friend that told me about this spot. It's not in a campground. It's literally in the middle of nowhere because you can camp anywhere in Death Valley. Um, but he, anywhere, any, yeah, anywhere you can just like pull off and camp. Oh, um, as far as I know, <laughs> don't, don't, don't fact check me on that one. Um, but so he had camped at this spot and told me about it. He was like, you know, at two miles, you're going to find a dirt road and take a right. And then you go wherever you want on there. But he said there's cell service. So I felt comfortable knowing that I could reach out to somebody if I wanted to, um, you know, I sent the pinpoint to my friends cause I was very paranoid. I didn't tell my mom I did this till after I got back. <laughs> Um, but no, it was great. I brought my guitar and some wine. And like I said, it was a super moon, so it wasn't crazy dark. And I loved it. Got that guitar on the wall. Yeah. Ready for you to. <laughs> it's right there. Oh, no. Let's hear some of these coyote <laughs> oh, no. songs that you were singing. <laughs> did you hear any animals out there? Or? I did hear a lot of coyotes. And yeah. This is before I had my dog, which I'm kind of glad about. I'd, I'd bring her, but she would definitely stay on a leash with <laughs> me. <laughs> How old's your dog? Uh, she's four. Oh. Yeah. What she's, kind? Um, a little Havanese Terrier, which is like a Maltese. Okay. Uh, but she's a mutt. I fostered her before I rescued her because I wanted to make sure she could do That's adventures. That's how they get you. Well, I knew I wanted to adopt, <laughs> but I knew I have a weird lifestyle. So right off the bat, I like took her on an eight-mile hike, and she did great. And she rides in a bike in the basket, and she's done all my adventures, except the water one. She's not crazy about but we're, Yeah, I bet. We're working on it. <laughs> but she loves camping. and yeah. That's great. Yeah, you got to keep her away with the coyotes. Yeah. I always have stories of friends that, that live in the hills up here. Oh, and no. it's like, you got to be careful that your cats don't get out or Ooh. anything like or the small dogs. Because, yeah, the coyotes, you can hear them at night. Yeah. And now they're bold. They'll come in. I like, know. 
They, yeah, now they just I've seen them especially in garbage parks. night, garbage night, like in Los Feliz and stuff. Yeah. they're all over the place. It's so weird. Yeah, and you're seeing mountain lions. <laughs> Your dog wasn't with you then. Was, no, she oh. definitely wasn't. That oh, would have been God. awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, okay. Go ahead. No, no. I'm... Okay, I was hoping for another like cool personal. Yeah. <laughs> Anything? Uh, any run-ins with police or um, border patrol or? Oh no! This is going to make me sound so bad. Uh, so I went to Canada and I was staying at Niagara Falls and this is a horrible mistake to make because I'm a travel host, but I booked a hotel in Canada by accident instead of the New York side. And so when I had my passport, luckily, but I was going through and the border patrol was like, what do you do for a living? I said, I host a travel show. And he was like, and you accidentally booked a hotel in the wrong country. (laughs) Yes. So I got a lot of crap for that, but (laughs) it's not like the best story, but yeah, it's only I could think of a border patrol. (laughs) Ooh, Wait a minute. Okay. I do have a good story. Good. Not since I started my show, but when we were backpacking from Europe, I got held in customs for six hours and they were trying to kick me out of the country. Which country? Out of Greece. Greece? Not, so, I was thinking maybe Slovenia or something like that. Oh, Slovenia is amazing. Um, no, we were flying back to England from Greece and... With Nigel, sure. With Nigel. We'll call him Nigel. Or Liam. Or Clive. <laughs> whatever. We'll, all of it works. All of these are amazing. Alistair, sure. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I'd flown back and forth for four years to visit him, even though most trips were just a week or two weeks, they oh, don't give you up. an exit stamp. Right. So oh. it looks like in my passport, they're like, for all we know, you're coming six months at a time and you've been living there for four years. And they're like, well, what are you going back to? And I was like, well, I don't have a job back home and I don't have a place back home. And so, yeah, they held me for six hours. They told my ex-boyfriend that they were going to rough me up to get the truth out of me. So he's like what? crying and calling his dad. Like, rough you <laughs> up? Yeah, they didn't. They were fine. I just sat in a waiting room for like uh. six hours. Uh, but yeah, that was a bit scary. And then they finally said... You can come in, but they put a stamp on my passport that said, don't come back for six months. And oh. that, that was that. <laughs> Is it the, the Shenzhen? Or what? No, that's the, there's certain rules that we can only be in there a certain amount of time. Yeah, I don't, I don't even well, know. Not with the EU and Brexit. Who the hell knows I'm sure anymore? it's different now. That was <laughs> yeah. a, a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, was there any thoughts when you were going out that maybe I could live in Europe? Or did you ever have that dream? I think we all had it at some point. I dream now of living in Ireland. Ireland, really? Yeah. I think I think at the time in England, I was like, I guess I could live here. Like trying to picture my life with him. But I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm, did they teach line dancing there? Maybe you could have... I did, I did teach his family line dancing after a few bottles of wine <laughs> one night. Uh, but I'm, I'm way too like of a... I'm a loud American. And I just... In England, I just didn't feel my scene. But in Ireland, they're like wild and crazy too yeah. and i was like i feel like i belong here <laughs> so, and they river dance so they, they yeah exactly i'm like i could totally see myself in ireland and they love country music yeah on the radio on the irish radio the first time i went there i had a car that i was just driving around and had like the local rate there's only like four stations okay you know? yeah. but they would all i kept hearing like kenny rogers every day johnny there's, cash at every bar we went tons to. of it I ended up Tons singing Johnny and June songs at a bar when I was there because they found out I sang country. <laughs> like, I'm going to get you to play that guitar and sing. <laughs> if it kills me, I'm going to let you out. Oh, I'm going to rough no. you up like Greek style. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is where we can uh, get in your plugs for all your sites and everything. So tell people where they can find you on all your social media and everything else. Yeah, so my website is monicagoes.com. That pretty much has everything. And then everything on social media is at Monica Goes Show. 
So YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of it is just at Monica Goes Show. Well, now I'm going to pick your brain as someone who knows more about this than I do. Where do you <laughs> see this social media thing going uh, with, because, you know, we'll take meetings with networks and they go, how many Instagram followers do you have? Yeah. How many... Does it, what does this mean to you? And do you see a change? Because I could change the algorithm on any of these things. And next thing you know, you don't have the reach. Yeah. So what are your opinions on it? So it's a tool. I don't think it can be the be all end all of any business. So one of the big mistakes that I made that I also suggest to people is starting an email list. And if you listen to any business podcast, they'll tell you that because look at MySpace or Vine, like it could be gone tomorrow. So it's great to build up those followings and use that as a tool. And it's a great way to engage with people. I've actually met a lot of brands just from like Twitter chats or I've made legit friends from Instagram and Twitter and things like that. So it's a great way to connect with people. But if you look at that as your only means of your business, it's a dangerous situation because you don't own that platform. Right. So I see it as a really great tool. What about YouTube and how do you get, there's so many people loading stuff to YouTube, you know, billions of people around the world. How do you get people to see your stuff on YouTube and how do you grow it? That is a struggle. Yeah. That is a very big struggle. Um, the I've had a few videos do very well and that's because the place shared it. So like Sequoia National Park was promoting my video because they liked it because of the educational format. So that one really took off. And then the next few, you know, they only get 100 views and you're like, wait, I don't understand. And then I did a tour in Ireland and they actually used my video on their website. When you book the trip, it's my video. So that one did very well. Um, but that's a that's a weird game I'm trying to figure out. And I just started putting them on Facebook and they're doing better on Facebook than on YouTube. But I have less of a thought. So yeah. it's, a, it's a giant learning curve. The great thing is I feel like I own the videos. I make them myself. So if another platform comes up, you know, at least it's my property um, as opposed to like Instagram or Facebook where those posts are just gone if it's gone. Right. <laughs> so. Is there, is your focus, was was it always video or was there like a blog aspect of it when you're starting out or still? I do a blog. I'm not great at keeping that up. My goal is being on camera um, and I actually really like live events when it comes to hosting. That's probably more of my favorite because I like interacting with people. So I'm trying to bring in interviews and things like that into the videos. Um, but my blog, it's, it's kind of all over the place because I like to write, but I like to write about personal stuff. So it's less of a travel blog. So it's kind of a weird thing. But now I do a lot of guest travel blogs on there, which helps too. So guest travel blogs. Um, yeah, I've like had, you got you a guest on. I've had a lot of people reaching out to me in the last few months asking if they can post a blog on my site. And I'm like, heck yeah, you can. It's less work I have to do. Yeah, Thank okay. You. That'll fill content. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's uh, wrap it up now because I know you got a very important happy hour to go <laughs> no. to. Hey, you got some songs you got to learn. On the, you <laughs> yeah. got to tune the guitar to get <laughs> oh, ready. Um, where, what do you think all this travel and the places you've been and starting your own business and all the people you met along the way uh, how do you think this has changed you as a person and how you look at like the world and, and America and everything else? It's changed me completely. Um, so I, on another personal note, I started the show because I was married to somebody that didn't like travel in the outdoors. 
And so I thought if I'm not it getting seems this. seems like a perfect match. Perfect I don't know. Match, How yeah. did you guys ever. Why did it not work? Yeah. I, um, but I realized I wasn't going to get that out of a partnership. So I wanted to get it out of a career, which played into the timing of also finding hosting. So it really did get me through everything through that transition. And then once all of that happened, I kind of went all in on the show. And then doing things I'm afraid of has pushed me to just absolutely being present in the moment, being my best self. Like there's just, it's so amazing. And one of the coolest things is when people tell me that they've taken the trips because they're like, well, you cried your way through, but you did it. And so I feel like I can. And so that's like the most rewarding thing in the world to me. So it's just, yeah. I mean, there's no words for how much it's changed my life and how amazing it is. So that's great. Do you find that most of your audience is is uh, women or do you have all, have you done a demographic survey? It's, yeah, it's all over. It's literally like 50-50. And it was more men because I was a woman in the outdoors when it started. Yeah, you and were. Then, uh, <laughs> creepy. Yeah, it's not creepy. weird at all. Uh, but then as I opened up about my personal life, more women started coming on board and more solo travelers started coming on board. And so that was a really cool shift. And I would say now it's kind of a mix of both, but I've had families. I had a family fly out to take me stand up paddleboarding because they were a fan of the show, um, which was really cool. Um, I've met guys that I go hiking with girls that I go hiking with. I've had women suggest like a women's meetup to go backpacking. So yeah, it's kind of all over the place, which is really cool to me. You going to do any big mountains? You're thinking of like, you're going to scale like, I want to get. Hikes. I want to get into rock climbing because I like climbing up things, but I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> um, that got me in rock climbing, and I didn't have a height thing until I started doing that. Yeah, really. I, and I know I'm on the I rope. I know I. I know I. You can fall and still. Yeah. Catch me, but I was. Yeah. It's it, a concentration. It bugged me thing. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would love to go to Everest Base Camp. I have. I noti- just posted about that yesterday. <gasps> I'll have to check it that out. That they just closed the the Chinese side. Oh, really? Because of trash. There was a Ugh. road that went up there and people... So frustrating. Human beings ruined it, basically. That and uh, <laughs> my travel friends got back to me and told me that... Because uh, I was disappointed because I've been planning that for a long time, trying to do it. And I have many people on this show, in fact, that have done it. Because I did Kilimanjaro. Oh, how cool. And uh, I want, that was the one I wanted to do next. That's the only one, other one I really wanted to do. Yeah. And they said you can still get there from the Nepal side. Yeah. Um, but that's the more the, the hike, which I want to do the hike anyway. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a possible that had a road up there. And once the road goes in, yeah, you're going to... Yeah, then it's all that. You get these but... giant busloads of Chinese tourists and things. And I really want to... Um, I would love to eventually like do documentary style stuff about the people that climb Everest or the people that do the long distance hiking because I'm so fascinated by that mindset. I have no desire to climb Everest, but I want to learn why you do. (laughs) So there's there's something to that. Because it's there. Yeah. So I'm like drawn to the places or these crazy challenges that people do. And I think it'd be really fascinating to go to those places and just talk to people. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. You could do it. Thanks. I know you will. Thanks. Come on. We got got faith in you. (laughs) I got faith you're going to eat some good frog's legs. (laughs) I will eat weird food. That is not a fear of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for doing this. I thank appreciate it. Thank you so it. much for having me. I'm glad you came on. I'm glad we yeah. made this work. And uh, you can find her at Monica Goes. Everybody go check out the videos, her site, YouTube, everything else. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.